Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much with Mr. Falcon, Harry Douglas. I'm Mr. Mansfield, Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. This public service message from your boy, Freddie Coleman. Please take care of your teeth or they will take care of you. (laughs) You do not want to have to go through oral mouth surgery that I went through today from my gums and everything like that. It was the part two. They did the right side two weeks ago, did the left side today. Novocaine is wonderful, but that is something you do know. That should not be the first thing that you have for breakfast in the morning like I had today having oral surgery. What, what kind of surgery was it again, Freddie? It was oral mouth surgery, my friend. Oh, man. Just stop. Did they give you? <laughs> just, <Did> stop. They... <laughs> just, just stop. Just <laughs> stop. Hey, hey, to each his own, Freddie. To each his own. Just yes, stop. <laughs> So already off the rails, not even 60 seconds in. <laughs> Did they give you any, like, pain medication? Well, I had to take ibuprofen oh, okay. um, twice a day for, like, the next four or five days. I mean, it's not bad in terms of when I had it two weeks ago, there was pretty much no pain at all. There's a little bit of discomfort right now yeah. when it comes to that. But believe me, take care of your teeth or your teeth will take care of you. As far I mean, as if you're goes. not used to get- <laughs> <laughs> if you're not used to what? <laughs> well, it, it probably will be painful for you, Fred. If you're not used to it. <laughs> Most definitely. I'm glad we got that out of the way as far as that goes. Don't forget to join the conversation. Not this one, but any conversation on the Freddie and Harry call-in line at triple eight say espn That is 888-729-3776. And hit us on Twitter as well at Coleman ESPN and at HDouglas83. So now that we got the oral thing out of the way, let's get to the main thing 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 with freddie and harry one of the main reasons i enjoy doing this show with harry douglas i never have to worry about him not doing his research especially when it comes to a youth movement that continues in the national football league when it comes to coaches the seattle seahawks decided hey dan quinn we know you used to be a defensive coordinator here you did a great job for us here we've interviewed you twice we're good. We're going to hire Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald to take over. Not only hiring him at 36 years of age, he's now the youngest head coach in the National Football League. He's getting a six-year contract. And, Harry, what did you find out? Still one coaching opening out there when it comes to Washington Commanders. What did you find about this continued youth movement with coaches in the NFL? Yeah, I know the conversation across the board on a lot of different platforms is the simple fact that Bill Belichick doesn't have a job. And I think it's a lot deeper than just Bill Belichick. Um, we have to look and peel back a lot of layers here when it comes to these head coaches that have been hired the last few years. Right. And when you look at this cycle around, we have six head coaches that are 45 and under. Right. Uh, Mike McDonald, he was the latest one. He's 36 years old, y'all. So it makes all the sense in the world for me for the Seattle Seahawks to give him a six year deal. 
But I dove a little deeper into this. And 21 of the 31 head coaches right now in the National Football League, because the Washington Commanders are still looking for their coach, Mm -hmm. are 49 years old and under. 49 years old and under. And what that tells me is that relatability is at the forefront of things. Now, Mm -hmm. you have to be a dynamic coach and you have to be able to know your stuff. Absolutely. But you also have to be able to dive a little bit deeper than just the X's and O's. And if you're younger – is what these owners are telling me. If you're younger in that capacity, you have a greater chance of being able to reach the player. But I also, Freddie, mm-hmm. within those 21 coaches, and we're going to take out six of those coaches, right, because they just got the jobs this year that, that we're talking about. That's, right. that's part of this coaching cycle. Yes, right. that's 49 and under. Right. Ten of the 15 of those head coaches had instant success okay. when they got the head coaching job. That's okay. either made the playoffs – or it was a situation like the Indianapolis Colts who had a winning record this year and it came down to the last game between mm-hmm. them and also the Houston Texans. So yeah. 10 of those coaches had instant success head coaching in the National Football League and majority of them were able to make the playoffs in their first year. Teams in the NFL, owners in the NFL, we talk about that they love two things, money and power. You know, you know what else they like to do? Imitate. How many times have we seen that, hey, if that coaching tree is working, you keep plucking assistant coaches from that coaching tree, whether it's Bill Walsh, whether it's Bill Belichick, although that tree is completely dead now when it comes to Bill Belichick, the, the Mike Shanahan tree when it comes to that, the Andy Reid coaching tree. If you see other teams having success, owners are going to say, we need to do that. We've seen it with defenses. When the Bears came through the 46 defense, everybody wanted to do that. When the West Coast offense came into vogue with the San Francisco 49ers and Bill Walsh, everybody wanted to do that. When quarterbacks got more athletic at that position, everybody wanted to find one. I'm not surprised that we're seeing this because if you see something that has worked, you wanted to make sure that you are not left behind in that arms race when it comes to players, when it comes to general managers, and more than ever before, when it comes to coaches. Older owners have realized we can't relate to players. We can't expect that somebody our age, we can't expect the grandfather to go out there and coach football teams anymore in the National Football League because players will tune old people out. Young people will tune old people uh, out. That come are not here, to Sonny. Do. I told uh-huh. you to backpedal mm-hmm. four more times before you get out of your break. And next thing you know, you hear the coach going like this, <gasps> on that <laughs> oxygen mask and everything like that to make sure he can get some air when he's doing those kind of things. Imitation is a very sin- sincere form of flattery in the NFL. I'm not surprised we're seeing this youth movement because other teams have done it, had success with it, won championships, not named Andy Reid with it, or competed for championships, and every other owner wants in when it comes to that. Another thing that I that I was able to look at within those coaches, right, and you look at their assistance, and we had a cycle in which, you know, we had a lot of coaches, assistant coaches, mm-hmm. getting head coaching interviews, right? Bobby Slowick was a first-year right. Um. Offensive uh, coordinator, right? Houston Texans, yeah. Right, and Mm -hmm. and look at all the the head coaching interviews that he Mm -hmm. was able to get this season. So also what owners are telling me is that, hey, we don't care if you was an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator for one year or two years. Absolutely. If we feel like you're suitable for the job and you're making a difference in the spot that you're in, Mm -hmm. we're going to hire you. So I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. So Bobby Sloick is from that Shanahan tree. Absolutely. Zach Robinson, who's now the offensive coordinator in in Atlanta under Raheem Morris, Mm -hmm. he's from that Shanahan tree. Mm -hmm. If 
Zach Robinson is able to have a ton of success in Atlanta, mm-hmm. he's going to be another one of yeah. those guys that are gonna, going to get head coaching interviews because what you what we also got to understand is that it's all about making the quarterback comfortable and putting the quarterback in the best position possible. Absolutely. That's what that coaching tree has been able to do in the National Football League amongst players. And remember, there's a Sean McVay coaching tree because Raheem Morris coached under him as a defensive coordinator, getting that second chance to be a head coach. What Zach Taylor's done with the Cincinnati Bengals, part of that Sean McVay coaching tree, imitation is the sincerest Kevin form O'Connell. of Kevin O'Connell, another one who's done a fantastic job being in charge of his football team when it comes to – I want to say Zach Taylor as well. I did, yeah, Zach Taylor from Cincinnati, yeah. Yep. yeah. He was his offense coordinator before he got the Cincinnati Bengals job. So, yeah, that Sean McVay coaching tree, that seems to be a pretty strong imitation tree when it comes to the coaching movement, the youth movement in the National Football League. Kevin Sanders hit us on Twitter at Coleman ESPN and at H. Douglas 83 saying – I've taken care of my teeth, and I had oral surgery two weeks ago, Freddie, and I finally don't have the discomfort. That's not making me feel better, Kevin, but thank you very much. He's also said, by the <laughs> way, Dan Quinn does not deserve a head coaching opportunity this cycle, especially after the Cowboys' flat tire showing. I'm not going to say, by the way, Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. I'm not going to say that affected him when he interviewed the Washington Commanders twice and then the Seattle Seahawks. He was the defensive coordinator for that organization, brought the Legion of Boom, helped them win a championship, and got them to another Super Bowl appearance. But if you're Dan Quinn, maybe the move that did not happen for you could be the best move for your future, especially when the guy you're going to go back and work for, Jerry Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys, essentially put everybody on blast, including Mike McCarthy, his head coach. I would anticipate we'll be all in at the end of this year. So when you say, is there any thought, uh, I think we'll strain her. Uh, we'll, we'll push the hell out of it. Okay. Is, it, is that doing something different than you had in the past is, 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 in that respect? Well, it will be, uh, yeah, and it will be going all in on different people than you've done in the past. And, uh, yes, I would say that you will see us this coming year not building for the future is the best way I don't say it. Okay. Man, that ought to answer a lot of questions. Okay. Oh, Mike McCarthy. <laughs> oh, Dak Prescott. Everybody not named Micah Parsons and C.D. Lamb. Your owner just basically said, we are all in. Because if you guys don't get this done, I know who potentially is going to be all out. And it's going to start their head coach, Mike McCarthy. And if he does that, that means Dan Quinn didn't go anywhere, may be in the best possible position to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys if all-in does not work out in terms of wins in the playoffs for that football team. Uh, I hear the greatest car salesman in the United States right now, Jerry Jones. (laughs) I hear you, Jerry. You want to go down to the Senior Bowl as an owner. You you, you know a lot of microphones are going to be in your face. You want to make sure the Dallas Cowboys are still Mm -hmm. relevant right now. Absolutely. You can tell me you're going all-in all you want to, Jerry Jones. Until I see it, I won't believe it. Because what I do know is that the Dallas Cowboys are worth 8 or $9 billion. Give or take a billion or two. And I know you're comfortable in that situation. But here's a bigger picture, Jerry Jones. Think about how much your organization could be worth if y'all actually did make an NFC championship game, if y'all actually did <laughs> go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to go all in, that means if there's a Derrick Henry out there, oh, I got to go get King Henry. I got to go get him. I got to have him on my team. Why? Because your run game was trash this season. If you see a defense alignment out there that can help your run game or a linebacker, you got to go get him. Mm-hmm. Why? Because those areas were trashed 
on your football team this year. So don't tell me. Actions speak louder than words. You can tell me anything you want to tell me, Jerry. Yeah. You can tell me I got to make a left up here at this street. But when I get up to this street, the only way I can go is right. So you can tell me anything. Mm-hmm. And he will. You got to show me with your actions, Jerry Jones. Show me. Well, here's Jerry Jones, and he understands this when it comes to his football team. When you got that much time between Championship Sunday and a Super Bowl, that is prime, prime talking season yep. for Jerry Jones. He clearly understands the word that starts with S showmanship. Remember the Batman movie when Jim Carrey was the Riddler and Tommy Lee Jones was Two-Face and Batman crashes their party after the Riddler and the Joker started? He said, yours was good, his was better. The difference? Showmanship. Jerry understands showmanship when it comes to his team. He is not going to allow a two-week Super Bowl cycle, a place where his organization has not been since 1996, 27 years and counting, He is not going to let a prime opportunity go by to talk about his Dallas Cowboys, to always keep them in the mix. You know why? Showmanship. That's the only thing he has right now with my Dallas Cowboys because there are no championships, maybe not even in the near future or the far future at the rate this is going with Jerry Jones and that football team. Yeah, and and I just think in order for, for you to go all in, I thought some changes should have been made at the head coaching position. Not that I'm advocating for someone to lose their job, but when you have mm-hmm. a Bill Belichick that's out there, mm-hmm. and for some odd and apparent reason you want to bring up and talk about Bill Belichick while you got a damn head coach right over here and Mike mm-hmm. McCarthy, that's a story for another time because, oh, I'm going to get on Jerry about that one. But if you have a Bill Belichick that has won six rings and you're stating out loud that you guys would be able to get along together, why would you not hire him this year? Why, why, why wouldn't you do that? Well, put it this if way. If you're all in. Yeah, he put it that way. He also said about he would not have a problem working with Bill Belichick. That would not be an issue. That was another message in the direction of Mike McCarthy. Now, he can say whatever he wants about not committing to Dak Prescott with that $50 million tag up there when it comes to the salary cap structure of the Dallas Cowboys. Dak has done nothing to change my mind of any – a promise for the future. I think I said in the deal that right. we'd go as far as Dak takes us right. okay. in the playoffs. Remember that? Right. I remember, yes. We'd go as far as Dak takes us. That's right. How you feel and that's how far we went. Yeah, you didn't go oh, right. So Okay, so my point is that doesn't change a thing. Okay. Where we'll go as far as Dak takes us. Right. All right, so he <laughs> said, hey, Dak, I want to keep you here. I want you to be here, but I'm not going to go for another one-and-done situation at, at those at that price when it comes to you at the quarterback position. So now when I when I first heard that little piece, right? Immediately I was go- I said to myself, now did he not talk about the rest of the team and how horrible nope. they were? Nope. But mm-hmm. but but no, he I went back and listened to the whole thing, Freddie. Uh-huh. He did bring other things up because I was going to get on him about that. Okay. Like if he didn't mention how horrible the defense couldn't stop the run game, mm-hmm. right? Or how everyone just seemed out of sync. So he mentioned everything across the board. Right. But I think it speaks louder when you talk about the quarterback of the franchise, right? Right. And then you make a little face and, and uh-huh. we went as far as we went. Yeah, exactly. After saying what you said about Dak Prescott. Yeah, well, that's how he got everybody's attention. Yep. You mentioned the head coach, Bill Belichick, and your quarterback, and everybody's going to be ready. Kyle in Indiana wants to weigh in on this in the Freddie and Harry call-in line at Triple H say ESPN, 888-729-3776 on ESPN Radio. What's up, Kyle? What you got? Hey, what's going on? This is for Harry. Uh, I know you play in the league and all that, but um, 
one player the NFL is sleeping on, man, better than 90% of the damn quarterbacks, and they need to pick him up just like they did Joe Flacco? Dallas, would you sign Colin Kaepernick? Kyle, you can let that balloon go, Junior. (laughs) I can tell you right now, he can be in the best shape in the world. The NFL has told everybody who has somebody he is never going to play in their league ever again. I don't think Jerry Jones would do it. I know he wouldn't do it. Of all people. Absolutely. I know he wouldn't do it. (laughs) Of all people. Absolutely. If there's one owner that will not do that, that guy, Jerry Jones. Hey, no way. Jerry going to tell him, not in my establishment. Uh, You know, we know that um, that he's been able to rehabilitate himself off the football field and we root for Colin Kaepernick, but at this time with this organization, we don't think it's in his best interest if we decide to bring him in. Hey, no way. Why the would land. they do that and they just traded for Trey Lance? You can tell Kyle that yourself. Like, I, I, I'm just, <laughs> well, I'll get his phone number from Shannon Penn, like our producer. It, you can call him back and ask and tell him that yourself. They just traded for Trey Lance. Like, why would they go sign Colin Kaepernick? I don't know why they traded for Trey Lance in the first place anyway. Me either. To be completely honest with you. And that's not trying <laughs> to cast aspersions on him, but – he showed that he was a washout of the San Francisco 49ers. Now, he's going to languish on a bench. You're trying to tell me that if you move on from Dak Prescott, if you decide after literally putting him on blast before anybody else when it comes to Dak Prescott, that if it doesn't work out, that Trey Lance is your backup plan, is your fallback plan, you need a new plan, Jerry maybe, Jones and Dallas, hey, so that's your fallback plan. Maybe Trey Lance is the 2025 quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. He's gonna have to he, he he was able to learn last year. He'll be able to learn again this season. I hope so. Maybe he's the future. I'll put it this way. His future may be in the UFL, maybe not the NFL when it comes to Trey Lance. By the way, in which I cover, uh March thirty first, right. we start the UFL, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so make sure y'all tune in to the broadcast. It's not a shameless plug. We have shame. We just don't have shame about that. We don't mind plugging stuff like that when it comes to me and Harry Douglas. So that's that. Rich in Indiana, my brother, what you got to say, Richie Rich? Listen to Harry's comment. I'm a lifelong suffering Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what, what cracks me up is how Stephen A. Smith and so many people throw Dak under the bus. I mean, you know, only one quarterback at the end of the year wins his last game. So, Dak, I thought, had an excellent season, Absolutely. and I totally agree. Until Jerry steps up and says in the playoffs, you've got to be able to run the ball and stop the run, and they, be, they need to be able to do that. I mean, the defense was really kind of let us down. So, yeah, sure, Dak, you know, they can kind of say, well, you know, in the big moments he's let us down. I mean, you know, give me a break. You know, it's a whole team. It's a whole team effort. And until Jerry and Steven throw the cash at that defense in the running game, they're not going anywhere, my friend. Because look at the four teams that made the NFL Final Four. All were strong where? Making sure they could run the football. Yep. And at times they could stop the run. Now, the 49ers had their issues in the first half of Green Bay versus Detroit. But they made the adjustment and figured that out. We saw Kansas City did to Baltimore. We saw Detroit early on did to San Francisco. We saw Baltimore did in the second half to Kansas City. If that's not a learning lesson, did not just put it on deck. Hey, Jerry, you just heard it from Rich in Indiana. Well, let's just look at the two teams that are, that are in the Super Bowl right now. Isaiah Pacheco is leading the National Football League in playoff rush yards. And, you know, we talk about Patrick Mahomes and all the lights that we do, and we talk about Travis Kelsey, and we talk about how great that defense is for the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, Andy Reid understands that you have to be effective rushing the football. Mm-hmm. And then you look at Christian McCaffrey, who's played one game less than then Isaiah Pacheco, he's third on the list right yeah. now in rushing yards when it comes to the playoffs. So mm-hmm. you have to be effective running the football. And the two teams that are playing in the Super Bowl, 
they understand that and they know how to do it. And you have to be effective coaching football in the playoffs. Yep. And Mike McCarthy has lacked that ever since he got to the Dallas Cowboys. We have not seen that lacking when it comes to Andy Reid. And until they finally broke through, we really didn't see that lack with Kyle Shanahan. He's had some unfortunate moments. Quarterback didn't play in the fourth quarter versus the Rams. They lose the NFC Championship game. Both quarterbacks knocked out last year against the Philadelphia Eagles. But when everything was right and ready this time, he was able to coach that team and get them from a deficit, make the adjustments, and his quarterback played his behind off in the second half when it came to Brock Purdy to find a way to get over that hump and get into the Super Bowl. One more from Jason in West Virginia. Jason, what you got, my brother? How you guys doing? Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. Uh, I'm a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. I've been uh, watching this train wreck for the last 25 years. And when I hear Jerry say that he wants to go all in, I don't want to hear Jerry or see Jerry. And I agree with Harry that Jerry needs to sit down and shut up. And uh, he'll prove it to the fans when he he goes all in in uh, 2024. So we need to see less from Jerry, more actions, less words. Put it this way. I don't mind seeing Jerry. I just don't want to hear Jerry anymore. <laughs> just like in the movie, White Men Can't Jump, the paraphrase, you can, can, you can listen to Jimmy, but can you hear Jimmy? I've listened to Jerry. I don't want to hear Jerry anymore. I, I'd rather see him celebrating or not celebrating in the owner's box. After that, radio silence. I'm with you. Uh, Jason, I'm tired of that when yep. it comes to Jerry Jones. I As a, I'm with Jason. I'm a long-serving Cowboys fan. I'm tired of that Jerry giving people ammo when the Cowboys fall short and spit the bit which we've seen since 1996 when it comes to winning a championship. Keep weighing in. Always join the conversation of Freddie and Harry calling in line at 888-ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry. And back to the Seattle Seahawks, naming Mike McDonald as their head coach. Why did they not choose Dan Quinn, who coached under Pete Carroll, to replace Pete Carroll? This is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
It is the Wednesday Groovathon known as Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for grooving with us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn, excuse me, may have thought he was going to be in that groove again in Seattle, but this time as a head coach, uh-uh. The Seahawks decide to hire Mike McDonald at 36 years of age, now the youngest head coach in the National Football League, and he got a six-year contract to boot. Let's bring in Brady Henderson. He's an FOS friend of the show. As an ESPN Seattle Seahawks reporter, hit him on Twitter at Brady Henderson. So, Brady, why did the Seahawks not choose Dan Quinn to replace Pete Carroll, and they decided to go the way of Mike McDonald, the former D.C. of the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Freddie. You know, I think one of the central questions uh, in this search for general manager John Schneider and owner Jody Allen was, how are the Seahawks going to get past Kyle Shanahan in the 49ers and Sean McVay and the Rams, the two division rivals that have obviously had their number in recent seasons, uh, particularly in the sense that it's offensive minds who have given the Seahawks uh, fits. And so, you know, I think there's two ways they could have done it. One was you hire another bright offensive mind like Ben Johnson, or you go the defensive route uh, and get Mike McDonald. And uh, Freddie, I'm fascinated to know what that decision would have looked like Hmm. had Ben Johnson still been in play, but you know, I think with Johnson opting to stay in Detroit, then, you know, McDonald became the easy decision. I, I, at least in my opinion, uh, it was. And so uh, just for the sense that, you know, he is bringing in a proven scheme that has led Baltimore uh, to having what's probably the best defense in the NFL over the past two seasons, certainly the best uh, this past year. I think they were the first defense in NFL history to lead the league uh, in fewest points allowed, most sacks and most takeaways in the same season. So, uh, it's a it's a excellent scheme that has shown uh, last season that it got it can get the most out of players, which is something the Seahawks did not do last season. That defense, entire team, but particularly the defense, uh, really underachieved. And so, you know, Dan Quinn, I think would have been um, the easier choice in the sense that you know what you're getting from him as a leadership uh, in, in a leadership sense. And you know, the one directive that John Snyder said he got from Jody Allen was to maintain the positive culture. And Dan Quinn was an easy guy to imagine doing that. Um, Not to say that he's a Pete Carroll clone, but, you know, he was part of that Seattle culture a decade ago as the defensive coordinator for those Legion of Boom defenses. Um, But, you know, the one thing about those defenses is that was never considered, they were never considered to be great because of any sort of complexity with the scheme. In fact, one thing they did, Freddie, was they kept things very simple on defense so that guys could play fast, uh, and the guys could, could um, you know, not really have to overthink. And so uh, I think from a scheme standpoint, hiring McDonald gave them a better advantage, a better chance of combating those offensive minds in the NFC West uh, than hiring Dan Quinn would have. I also feel like they have a lot of young talent defensively uh, on the Seattle Seahawks football team that Mike McDonald will be able to relate to a lot of those guys and be able to get the best uh, out of them and put them in the best positions to be successful as well. But my question is, now that he's getting this job, do do you, are you hearing anything about who the next offensive coordinator will be in Seattle? I, I don't know. I don't have anything firm on that, Harry. But, you know, I do wonder if, you know, some of these guys that they interviewed for the head coaching job, I do wonder if, you know, part of the thinking there, obviously they're bringing those guys in because they want to vet them as potential head coaches. But I wonder if they could now turn to somebody like Mike Kafka uh, and to see if he would be interested in taking that offensive coordinator job. Um, that job was held the last three seasons by Shane Waldron. Of course, he took that job uh, with Chicago. 
I don't think he would have been back uh, in that role, even if he had not taken the Chicago job. And so uh, they have had a while now to kind of start to get a head start on thinking about what the offensive coordinator could be. Um, now, I, I believe the way I understand the league rules is that because that would on paper be a lateral move for somebody like Mike Kafka to go from one offensive coordinator job to another, uh, that they would have to get permission or they would have to basically New York would have to let him out of his contract. And I, I kind of wonder if that would happen just because if you kind of look back at what happened last season, it seemed like there were times where Brian Dable was, you know, secretly overtaking play calling duties from Mike Kafka. And so mm-hmm. it didn't seem like those guys were totally on the same page. Uh, for that reason, I, I could see them letting him out of this contract, but uh, you know, the Seahawks did a pretty extensive search. They interviewed nine, at least nine candidates. So, um, they've got, I think, a, a pretty wide group of, of options to, to work with here. And, you know, that's not to say that it couldn't be somebody they didn't interview. Uh, they're going to have some options, but Mike Kafka is one name to keep in mind. Brady Henderson does a great job as an ESPN Seattle Seahawks reporter. Hit him on Twitter at Brady Henderson on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Going back into the past a little bit, how did the moving on from Pete Carroll land in that city where we know he's still going to be revered no matter how much it ended? Yeah, it, it really was. I think a lot of people had mixed emotions about it just because, you know, this team, this organization had really not accomplished a whole lot uh, since he had gotten, since he arrived, he and John Schneider arrived uh, in 2010. And so this was undoubtedly the most prolific stretch uh, for the Seahawks under that leadership. But at the same time, you know, this was an organization, a team that was kind of treading water for the last few seasons. Of course, they, you know, won Super Bowl 48 got back to Super Bowl 49, came within a yard of repeating as Super Bowl champions. And then, you know, since then, they had not even got past the divisional round of the playoffs. So they were a team that, you know, consistently was in the mix in the NFC West. Made the playoffs, you know, I think um, seven years of, of that stretch, but just they, they could not get over that hump. And so I think a lot of people, you know, welcomed as, as much as they revere Carroll, like you said, and as much as they acknowledge, you know, that he had taken this team to new heights, I think a lot of people were ready for the change. And certainly, you know, Jody Allen, the team owner, was um, ready for a change. And, and that's why they made that move after 14 seasons with Carroll. And Brady, while we have you here, when you look at the quarterback position, moving forward, do you think the Seattle Seahawks are in a position to where they would draft a young quarterback this year, if possible, if one falls to be able to share up their future moving forward? Because they have a lot of young talent offensively as well, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a strong case to be made that they should do that, Harry. Now, the one problem, the one reason why it's hard for me to say definitively that I think they will is they have only drafted two quarterbacks in 14 drafts hmm. under John Schneider and Pete Carroll. Obviously, Russell Wilson was one of them. Uh, then they drafted a guy named Alex Magoo, I think, in the seventh round in 2018. So, um, you know, not only have they only drafted two, but, you know, Russell Wilson was the highest of those picks in the third round. So this is not really a, an organization that has made it any sort of priority uh, to draft a quarterback early, um, and, which is surprising knowing where John Schneider came from. Remember, he cut his teeth in Green Bay's front office, which, you know, under uh, Ron Wolf, they were drafting the quarterback almost every year. And so I would think that's in play just because of the long-term questions about Geno Smith's viability as their starter. Uh, but the history suggests that it's no slam dunk. And the other aspect of it is they've got Drew Locke there. Now, he's going to be a free agent, so they would have to resign him. But uh, that was, you know, John Schneider is a huge Drew Locke fan. I think maybe more than Pete Carroll was. And obviously, John Schneider is, you know, calling the shots now. Pete Carroll had uh, final say over personnel decisions 
That now belongs to John Schneider, and he has an affinity for Drew Locke. In fact, I, I reported this. This is no secret that, uh, you know, the main reason, one of the main reasons why Schneider wanted to trade Russell Wilson to Denver was because Locke was specifically the quarterback that he wanted in return. So, um, you know, certainly he hasn't shown uh, enough in two seasons to say that he would certainly be an upgrade over Geno Smith, but he might be a cheaper alternative who's still young enough and still, I think in their eyes, has enough upside to maybe warrant that job if they did decide to move on from Smith this offseason. Well, they moved on from Pete Carroll and they replaced with Mike McDonald. They go from the oldest coach in the NFL to now the youngest coach in the NFL as Mike McDonald takes over for Pete Carroll as the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Great stuff by Brady Henderson. Does a great job as an ESPN Seattle Seahawks reporter. Hit him on Twitter at Brady Henderson. Brady, I always appreciate you, my friend. Take care and be well. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, you got it, Freddie. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Something very unique. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Seattle Seahawks hiring Mike McDonald, and, and, and Brady touched on it a little bit there. When you look at the Baltimore Ravens and what they were able to do with this historical season defensively, mm-hmm. well, let's look at who they played. They played the Houston Texans twice, mm-hmm. which is that Shanahan offensive system. Uh-huh. They played the Cincinnati Bengals, in which Zach Taylor mm-hmm. came from that era, that era, uh, mm-hmm. that era of things yeah, Sean as McVay, well. who learned under Mike Shanahan. The Keep Cle- going. The Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Rams and Sean McVay, mm-hmm. they had success versus the 49ers and the Miami Dolphins. So when I look at the schedule moving forward right. for the Seattle Seahawks, well, next year they play the Rams twice. They play the 49ers twice. They play the Green Bay Packers. They play the Miami Dolphins. They play the Minnesota Vikings. All those offensive systems uh-huh. are the same. Yeah, a lot of Shanahan – a lot of Shanahan-ness going yep. on there with those offenses yep. being derivatives of Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan, where that tree definitely got started. Great stuff by Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Sunday's Chiefs win in the AFC Championship game over the Baltimore Ravens gave new meaning to poke the bear. I've been doing the exact same thing for 12 years. Never really had a problem with anybody. But was it much to do about nothing? That's next. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the Wednesday Groovathon known as Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Don't forget about ESPN Radio this weekend. They're going to get you ready for the Super Bowl. Playoff preview of the pros will air multiple times this weekend on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We've all heard the term poking the bear. And it's usually at the beginning of the sentence goes, don't poke the bear. Plenty of people believe that's what happened, and there are plenty of people believe that it should not have happened involving for the game, the AFC Championship game on Sunday involving the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. In case you missed it, Justin Tucker, who's going to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, he was warming up at the same end that Kansas City's Hall of Famers future-wise when it comes to Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey were getting ready for the game. 
Well, he was over there, and they took the tee and moved it away. Justin Tucker put it back. He was stretching, and Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey said, we told you to beat it. They took that key and moved on from it. They took that tee, excuse me, and moved on from it. Well, this is what Justin Tucker had to say after the game was over about how that poke the barrel moment probably shouldn't have happened. I've been doing the exact same thing for 12 years. Never really had a problem with anybody. Yeah, that's just that's just kind of the way, the way we've always done it and the way uh, kickers around the league have always done it. Um, you know, and I, I saw Patrick there trying to warm up and get some drop back. So uh, he asked me while I was on the ground stretching, like, if I could move my helmet. So I happily got up and I moved my helmet out of the way. At least I thought it was enough out of the way. And then Travis comes over and he just kicks my stuff and he throws my helmet. And I just thought it was all just some gamesmanship, um, you know, all in good fun. But they seem to be taken a little bit more seriously. And uh, I'm, I'm totally willing to let it all go. But, yeah, I just wanted to explain that that's just – you know what I've done for 12 years and it's it's not like I'm out there trying to be problematic I'm just trying to get ready for the football game just like they are okay well Travis Kelsey when he's on the Pat McAfee show today he responded like this speaking of the Tucker stuff everybody's having a blast with that stuff obviously uh, it was fun knowing that we won the game and then Tucker had to just kind of chew everything that he was doing and, and swallow that I loved every bit of that Pat I moved his stuff about as politely as I could I could have thrown his helmet about 50 yards into the stands if I really wanted to you know make a point but um, I knew it was just friendly banter at that point he was just trying to be a d- about it but yeah i think that mentality of going in there not messing around and making sure we we take the fight to them because of how physical of a team they are and how and how hard they play uh throughout the game okay then on 610 sports radio in kansas city patrick mahomes had this to say about poke the bear gate i've had like seven years of, of kind of doing that same warm-up routine and there's only been a i think like three occasions where there's been a kicker that wasn't uh because uh, you usually talk to the guys there have been a kicker that wasn't necessarily moving out the way or you, you weren't kind of sharing the field um, in the right way. And, I mean, it was in Baltimore all three times. So um, I, he does that little stuff, I think, to try to get under our skin. Well, Justin, move your tee. Why? Because I'm here. Move it because I'm here. You better leave that dad bot alone, man. And I'm here to stay. Me and my dad bot. I'm here. <laughs> no, if you're Justin Tucker, man, listen, there are certain people you just don't play with when it comes to pregame stuff because you don't want to poke the bear. You don't want them to be – they're already going to go out there and be amazing on the football field as it is. You don't want to throw fuel on the fire with people like Travis Kelsey and also Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And those first two drives, and the, the first one was 75 yards, and I think it was 10 plays and yeah. took 545 off the clock. The second drive was 16 plays. They converted four third downs, took nine minutes off the clock. Whoa, mm-hmm. them boys came out on fire. I'm here. Once again, Freddie, I'm here. I keep telling you, you better leave that dad bot alone when it comes to Patrick Mahomes because, as we've seen, if you poke that bear with him, oh, he's going to remember it. He's not going to lose sight of that. And you could say, well, it was much ado about nothing. Kansas City should have taken the higher road to Justin Tucker. It's another reason why the NFL is king of the hill. This became a story after the game was over because people all of a sudden were talking about this on social media saying those guys are being you-know-whats, mean Mahomes and Kelsey. Other people are saying, Justin Tucker, man, know your place, know your lane as far as that goes. Those storylines, you don't have to beg, borrow, steal, or plan. If you had told me before this game got started between the Chiefs and Ravens that people would be talking about that a lot, they're talking about that more than Taylor Swift being at the game. 
would poke the bear gate but Freddie, involving but, those but, three but Hall of Famers. Before the game, mm-hmm. because I didn't get to watch much of the pregame stuff because I was doing something with my kids. Right. But when I was scrolling through social media, that's all I kept seeing. Exactly. Was, exactly. you know, Patrick Mahomes kicking the tee, Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey moving the stuff, Justin Tucker down there stretching. So across the board, as I kept scrolling, that's all I kept seeing. And if you're the Chiefs and the Ravens, if a rivalry starts to develop out of their divisions, remember that. Remember that whole deal. Yeah, they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. I warned you guys about the Kansas City Chiefs. Bet on them at your own peril. Do that at your own risk. But they can say all they want when it comes to Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Justin Tucker. They're never going to forget that. The next time they see Justin Tucker, they're going to give him side eye. And he's going to give them side eye when it comes to that. All that makes sense in terms of the NFL and storylines that people couldn't wait to discuss one way or the other before that game got started and after the game was even finished, especially hearing what all three of those guys had to say about their side of the story when it came to poke the bear gate before the game between the Ravens and the Chiefs. Here's the funny part about it. When these two teams play in the future, Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure it's going to come up again, right? No doubt. And Patrick Mahomes is going to have the upper hand. He's going to look at Justin Tucker Mm -hmm. and tilt his head sideways. You know what happened last time now? No, say it in Patrick Mahomes' voice. You know what happened last time, right, Justin? There you go. (laughs) I was here, and I showed up, and I was able to come through for my team. (laughs) <laughs> I'm here. Who did that to you? Like a poke the bear moment that got you riled up before a game? Uh, ooh, the little dude from Tennessee that Andre Johnson beat up. Oh, Corlin Finnegan. Yeah, he, he. Man, he's the ultimate poker of the bearer when it little, comes to him. Yeah, that little jittery stuff he 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 used to love to do. What was wrong with him? It was another DB for 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 the Baltimore Ravens. His name was Kerry. I can't remember. Kerry something. Okay. But yeah. man, me, me and Eric Wings, we used to go to coaches. Yeah. Players and warm-ups. Hey, come out there with that nonsense today if you want to. We're going to have your ass overhead. Because he was here. When it comes to Harry Douglas, <laughs> joining me, Freddie Coleman, on Freddie and Harry. Keep hitting us up on Twitter at HDouglas83. That's Harry's handle, my handle, at Coleman ESPN. Only one left in terms of coaching vacancy. But what has been the biggest NFL coaching move so far in 2024? I can't wait to tell you my answer. That'll surprise you next on Freddie and Harry. I'm here. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.